With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. So before I start, I just want you guys to know that I think about you often and I just hope you know that. I send out my little connecting energy feelers to you guys in the in-between moments of all of the kids stuff. Like, can I just share with you really quick? You want a little snapshot into what my days are like. My husband left town yesterday for a long weekend. He totally deserves it. And I've had two trips since he had the last one. Not that you have to deserve trips, but I just feel like people need to know that I'm so happy for him that he's leaving. So today I was on my own though, and I've had a babysitter every day, Monday through Friday over the summer, like all day basically. And she's out of town as well. So husband's gone, babysitter's gone. And this is what today was like. Wake up, take care of myself a little bit. Baby wakes up, feed baby. 8 a.m., the therapist for my son on the autism spectrum gets here and they do some work together. So that was kind of easy because he took care of my oldest, not like took care of him, but he was doing the therapy thing. So he's with someone. But I was also kind of involved because we're taking a baseline, which means this is new. We're doing therapy in the mornings now because he's at a new school and he starts later. Anyway, I'll skip through the details, but basically he's doing therapy. I'm kind of involved. And then I've got to get my youngest son off to a trampoline fun engineering camp. And that's all day. So I take him over there, but everybody has to get in the car, including the therapist and my oldest because nobody else is home and there's a rule where you can't be alone. And so they all had to come then get home. And I think I put the baby down and then I had like a little window, like one hour. Then I take my oldest 15 minutes away to school, come home, another 15 minute drive. I'm pretty sure I grabbed I don't know. I didn't get a coffee at that point because I wanted to come home and take a nap. I did. I had like a 30 minute nap. I wrote this episode during that time because it was just flowing out of my brain. I had been listening to Gabby Bernstein. She's so inspiring to me. And she was talking about being authentic and what a power it is. And it's the only power we need and it's how we access our power. And so this episode is written with that intention to be authentic. So I'm really excited to, to really share with you behind the scenes how it's been feeling. But anyway, then I take my daughter to her camp. Um, got lost for like 10 minutes driving around in circles. The baby's crying, screaming. It was horrible, kind of stressful. Uh, then got her to camp. Yeah, I came home. Oh, I made some Instagram reels and I gave water to the guys in the backyard that were doing the pool because they were out there at 2.15 in the afternoon and it's Arizona heat wave. There's literally an excessive heat warning and they're out here. They were like, somebody quit. And so we had to cover more pools today. And I was like, can I get you ice water? They were like, oh my gosh. Yes, that would be so perfect. I was like, oh my gosh, I feel so bad that they're out here. It's crazy, crazy hot. It was like dangerously hot. Anyway, it was a tangent, but I made a reel about it. So <laughs> me giving water to the pool boys. It's on my Instagram at lizzie.postpartumcoach. <laughs> so then I go pick up my youngest son from his camp. Then I go pick up my oldest son from his school. Then a friend takes my daughter while I can do all that. Then I get home, feed everybody. My oldest goes off to his friend's house across the street. I coordinate with his mom to get him over there for a couple hours. My youngest does a show for a little bit. 
Um, but first he has to come with me to take my daughter to dance. And then I come home, feed the baby, put the baby down, watch a little Taylor Swift reputation tour, turn my mind off. And then I just sit down to record this episode and lo and behold, I hear the baby crying. So (laughs) hold on. I'll be right back. All right. (laughs) That just like makes me sweaty just talking about that. And then imagine every time you're in the car, it's like blazing hot, hundred and probably 13 degrees outside. It was insane. Not all days are that busy though, but whoo. So diving into the episode now, I wanted to kind of go through a list of just some thoughts as I had that quiet little moment during this really busy day, um, kind of catching up with myself over the last eight weeks, reflecting and wanting to be really authentic and just be real with you guys. I wanted to just give you some human stuff. And like I said, be sure that sounds bad. Human stuff, like not feces. <laughs> I'm going to give just my humanness. Here it is today. I, I hope you can love me. I love me. Um, I also am struggling in some ways and I'm just excited to like be real and share them with you as if we're just two friends sitting on a couch chatting about what postpartum has been like for both of us. I wish we could do that. And I would love to know how your postpartum has been. Do me a favor and review the podcast. If you love it here, if you thrive, if you like it or share it with a friend or do both. Honestly, those reviews are everything to me. They push my podcast in front of the eyes of more moms. Okay. So, 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 so helpful. If you can write me a written review, I would really appreciate it. Stay till the end because I'm I'm kind of making an announcement. I'm really excited about it, but I'm not trying to kick up like, oh my gosh, I'm making an announcement because I just don't have that in me today. All right. But I'm really excited about it and I hope that you come join me and it should be really affordable and really effective and really just cathartic for all of us. Stay tuned. All right. So the first thing I have been doing postpartum that's new is I've been drinking coffee and specifically just caffeinating myself. Um, not all the time, but sometimes. And I've decided that caffeine is my friend. And typically, if you know me real well, I'm a pretty holistic gal, kind of granola. I am kind of a bit of a you know, like natural is best type of lady. And also I've never had four kids before and been postpartum with my fourth. And the truth is I'm just more tired than I would like to be at this point. Even though the baby's now doing six and a half hour stretches, which is like the longest she's ever done. I mean, she just did that last night for the first time and she's eight weeks and a day old. So we'll see how that keeps going. I'm still just really tired. I don't know if it's because I'm in my thirties. I don't know if I just need more protein or need to get my thyroid checked out? Probably. I don't know. I'll be looking into that. But in the meantime, caffeine's been my friend and I listen to my body and don't consume it if the desire isn't there. I just really have this strong conviction that the body just always knows what is coming. Like your body knows it has the spidey senses of what's coming. And so today, earlier in the morning, usually on the way to dropping my kid off to school, I would for sure pick up a coffee And I didn't today. I just wasn't feeling it. Like the desire wasn't there. So I trusted my body. And then I had a quiet house and the perfect nap opportunity window happened. And I didn't even realize that was coming and I was able to sleep. But if I had just drank a bunch of coffee, I probably wouldn't have, even if I was tired. So body always knows. That's the first thing I'm not really trying to teach you, but I just wanted to share that because it's so true. There's been other times where I like my body gets tired earlier than normal and I'll be kind of bugged about it but I'll just trust it and go to bed when it is tired. And then 
little did I know that the baby stays up for like two hours in the middle of the night that night. And I needed that extra rest so that I could function the next day. So trust your body. Um, the second thing, number two that I, I was just literally writing down some notes I wanted to share with you guys. Um, the middle of the night feeding is harder for me specifically from 1am to 4pm. I don't know if that is like that for you guys, I would love to hear. You can always email me Lizzie at lizzielangston.com and just be like, just put the the subject like middle of the night feeding and then just tell me, yes, oh my gosh, it's totally harder for me. That's probably my number one beef with the podcast is I feel like there's not really a quick way for you guys to be like, oh my gosh, yes. I wish there could be comments on episodes where I could hear from you all. So please do email me. Like you might feel weird, but you don't know how much it means to me because it's pretty much crickets, even though the statistics on my podcast hub like shows me how many of you are downloading and it's just growing and it's great and it's awesome, but I don't get to hear from you other than the reviews. So leaving me a review is kind of like writing me a love note and saying hello or an email. Okay. So when I'm doing middle of the night feedings, um, especially in the first month of postpartum, that was my red zone for intrusive thoughts. And I (laughs) have some funny stories. (laughs) So intrusive thoughts aren't funny, but, um, some of my more lighthearted ones that I was very convinced were true were, was the (laughs) one time, Oh, this is good. Oh, this is really good. Okay. One time I was sitting there feeding my baby. It was probably two, two thirty in the morning. And at that time she was still pretty colicky and we were trying to figure out why she was colicky. Fast forward a month and she was able to get a phrenectomy, which is like an upper lip under your upper lip, that little piece of skin that attaches your lip to your gums. She got that snipped so that it could extend better. So she could get a better latch. It was restricted. And then she also had to get a tongue tie restriction undone. But before that, there were some really long nights. We ended up needing to hire some sleep support because we were getting four hours of sleep on repeat. And I had a breakdown in my OB's office and she's like, if you can afford it, you need to hire help for sleep. I was like, okay, I had never done that before, but I will do that. (laughs) But I've also had never had a kid with tongue ties and stuff. So anyway, make sure you're getting 6.5 hours of sleep every 24 hours. If you're postpartum, that's the 6.5 hour rule or else what happens is what happened to me, which is you kind of go a little psycho in the middle of the night. And so I was sitting there and I was walking past the kitchen with the baby and I saw a cupboard open and like I could have sworn that it wasn't open like one minute before that and nobody else was awake in the house. And so I go and sit on the chair to feed the baby in the middle of the living room. And I'm like on pins and needles convinced that there's somebody that's hiding from me behind the counter in the kitchen, like convinced. And I say it like it's funny now, but my whole body was so stiff and my heartbeat was pounding and I was in sort of a fight, flight, freeze all at once. And I was sitting there feeding my baby, just convinced. Yeah. And I was like, I can't wake up my husband. He were both getting so little sleep. What do I do? (laughs) Okay. I want to say that when it comes to intrusive or even just anxiety thoughts, but specifically about somebody actually being in your home or somebody breaking in or I don't know. It's just funny because the very rare times where there's actually been a problem, like one time someone broke into my friend's car. We were on a retreat in Reno and we didn't know who it was, but we could see that they had left the door open and I didn't know if they were still out there. And it was the middle of the night and I had woken up to go potty. And then I, I saw the car door open and I was like, they could still be around. And so I very calmly woke up my friend and we called the police. It's like, when it's actually a real 
life issue. It's not just your imagination. You don't actually freak out the way that you do when your brain is playing tricks on you and it's all in your imagination and it's anxiety. It's fascinating. It's fascinating how anxiety is there to try to protect us. And our brain is trying to like go down this imagination rabbit hole of what could go wrong to try to protect us and to try to help us prepare, but it just wastes energy and it's not effective at all. And if we do that shit while actually someone's breaking into our car, we're going to get totally used. Like it's not at all effective. And how funny is it that when somebody actually broke into the car, I just woke her up. We called the police. We stayed calm. We stayed in the back of the house, like no big deal. I mean, we were nervous, but we just got stuff done. Come to find out it was a bear. (laughs) It was a bear. (laughs) It was the fall in Reno. So funny. So yeah, that's what I learned. Moral of the story is don't believe your thoughts in the middle of the night and get more than four hours of sleep. (laughs) There's also been really pretty times in the middle of the night where I wrote the most beautiful song one time. I challenged myself not to get out my phone and record it. Sometimes I record my songs because I have an album on iTunes and sometimes I dream of doing another album and I probably will at some point, but sometimes some songs just, they flow better when you don't get that record button out. And I sang the most beautiful song because I woke up and I was just sad. This was actually later on a few weeks later and I was getting more sleep, but I was kind of low because I had stayed up one night too late um, doing my podcast because I had procrastinated. Bad, bad thing. It took me literally like four days to recover from, from missing about three hours of sleep before midnight. By the way, did you know that sleeping before midnight is actually any sleep you get before midnight is more quality sleep? and does better for you than sleep after midnight. And so it's so important to try to go to bed early when you're postpartum. You should treat sleep like it's your full-time job. Yeah. That three-part series, I think it's episodes 297, 98, 99, something like that. Um, The 10 lifelines for surviving the first six weeks postpartum. Listen to those. They're so good. The next thing, number three, I have had the hardest time brushing my teeth. My gums have like receded. My teeth are more sensitive. They're more yellow than they've ever been. I am like ashamed and embarrassed. I have two dentist brothers that live nearby and one of them gratefully is a pediatric dentist. So he probably won't be looking at my teeth, but the other one, my teeth are so bad that I need him to look at my gums. He's a periodontist, which is a gum one specialist. I might need a surgery where the sensitive exposed parts of my teeth, they take like gum type skin from other parts of your mouth, question mark. And then they put it over the sensitive parts so that your teeth can not be so sensitive. That's like where we're at right now. That's how bad it's gotten. And I'm pretty sure it's because I have not been consistent. Like I almost always am blush, blushing, <laughs> brushing and flossing. So whew, pray for me. <laughs> I texted my brother. I'm like, um, I think I need to look at my teeth, but I haven't gotten a cleaning in like five months and I'm due next month. And I said, I don't want you to look at my teeth because I'm embarrassed about how they are. <laughs> And we both agreed I would go see him after my cleaning. (laughs) LOL. Okay, number four. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. 
the world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Uh, This is not fun to share, but it's time I share it. I've been in a faith expansion or a faith transition. I grew up in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm LDS, I guess. Latter-day Saint LDS sounds like a drug, I know. Um, And I've loved, I loved that church growing up and then just kind of saw some things I can't unsee, changed my world, and I'm just deciding what I'm doing. And please don't come talk to me if you're LDS and be like, you should stay in the church. Please don't do that. But I've joined a support group that's run by ValerieHamaker.com, H-A-M-A-K-E-R. I'll put it in the show notes. I couldn't find her podcast, but her podcast is awesome. It's been so amazing. I'm in one of her support groups and I'll be in there for six months and I'm just not rushing and I'm not putting pressure on myself to make any like decisions. I'm just exploring. I go to church sometimes. I don't sometimes. I'm trusting my body. I'm trusting that inner voice and that inner knowing. I'm praying a lot. I'm asking my guides and my angels and my ancestors to be with me. It's been really beautiful. And there's just something vital about this experience for me in my journey. And I have no fear with it. And I'm really exploring. But that being said, and this does feel really vulnerable to share, what's been hard for me is there's this voice. It's like the very active LDS church voice in my head. I'm not saying it's the church's voice. I'm totally claiming it as my own. And it's like, you are, I'm disgusted. I'm disgusted that you could even think about leaving this church. Like I'm disgusted with you. It's like the meanest voice. And I know you guys are probably like, oh, that's so sad. And like, don't believe that voice. But I'm telling you, it gets the better of me sometimes. And I haven't had, you know, what's fascinating is when I had my really bad mental health issues postpartum. That was the voice. It was just like that, but it was around my motherhood. And it was like, you're the worst mom. They deserve better. Like, I can't believe that they, you even had kids. You don't deserve like blah, 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 blah. It was just like the worst. I could spit it out of my mouth. It was like the worst voice. And it's so mean and degrading and, and just no grace, no room for error. It is that kind of voice that will dig you into a hole and break you down and get you into depression. And that is exactly what it did. And I had to learn painstakingly how to stand up to that like mean voice in my head. And I did one moment, one day at a time. I was like a soldier coming back half her weight. <clears throat> what is that? It's the 10 minute version of as as, as, as what's the song? All Too Well by Taylor Swift. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Am I a Swifty? Maybe. I don't identify with that term though. I feel like I'm too old to claim that term, but I do like Taylor Swift quite a bit. Anyway, yeah. So that voice has come back in with um, my faith wiggling transition situation expansion. And it's very fascinating. I guess how I would sum up what I've been going through with my church, not just my church, it's really my spiritual life, which has always been my own. But for a long time, I really thought it kind of belonged to the church. I thought they had like a domain over it, almost like an ownership over it. And I realized that there might be some sort of stewardship and they can help me along, but I've really taken more of an ad- a spiritual adult approach. And I'm like, my spirituality is actually my own, period, always, zero intermediary. And then from there, I can choose who I bring in to provide things for me spiritually or assist with things spiritually or help refine or 
give me spiritual inspiration, but like it is my responsibility and it is mine and mine alone. And I have this direct line to heaven. We all do. And I believe that deeply. And I think part of my issues with how I was doing my church all ways, especially my young adulthood and adulthood, is I didn't believe that I had a direct line to God. I believed that I was dependent on a, on the church to have communication with my maker. And I just don't believe anymore that that's how it would be set up. Why? Why? Because the church is an organization, and as wonderful as it is, any church is, it's not perfect. But my God, my maker, and my Jesus, they're all perfect. And I imperfect in one way, in one part of me, the eternal part of me. It's untouchable from any imperfection, and it's perfect. She's perfect. And when I meditate and I have pure presence, I feel her, and she is God, and I feel God in me. And so anyway, it's been both devastating, enlivening, and it's also been a huge energy output with me. Um, My parents are serving an LDS mission right now, and they are on assignment in Washington, D.C., and oh my goodness, they came to help for 10 days. It was so vital and thrilling and amazing to have them here. And it was also something that was really triggering for me. And so it was this strange dichotomy. I'm like, you can ask them about this. This is all true. And it happened. I'm not saying anything that's like private here, but it was this interesting and just hard and unexpected dichotomy of both needing them, wanting them, loving and feeling so loved from them, and then having really adult conversations about where I stand on some spiritual things and where they are and my perspective and their perspective and some cognitive dissonance and some feeling bad and feeling sad and grief and oof, heavy stuff. And this was like three weeks postpartum. (laughs) So much. It's been very confusing and disorienting, not not with them, but like in the aftermath of those conversations, a lot of self-doubt crept back in, a lot of self-criticism. I felt frozen in my spiritual journey. It kind of all paused for a while and it made me more irritable and it just, it took up a lot of emotional processing bandwidth at a time when I already had so much going on emotionally with my processing because of the birth trauma and the emergency C-section and all the things. So anyway, that's number four. Faith expansion. Are you in faith expansion too? Because if you are, let's be friends. I'd love to know you. Just DM me on Instagram at lizzie.postpartumcoach. That's L-I-Z-Z-I-E. Or you can email me. That's probably a better way to get in touch with me, honestly. Lizzie at lizzielangston.com. Or you can meet me on Marco Polo, which I'm dropping a hint for the end of the episode. Make sure you listen to the end. We're going to be talking about Marco Polo. All right. Number five, I cooked a meal yesterday. Yesterday was Wednesday, July 19th. I was eight weeks exactly postpartum. And it was the first meal that I've made since I had my baby. And even probably for a while before that, because I was very pregnant and high blood pressure and I wasn't doing a lot of standing or cooking. (laughs) And so I whipped up a healthy soup that used some leftovers in the fridge and it felt really good. And you guys, my husband told me later, how good it was. And he like meant it. And it meant a lot to me. And I was kind of impressed with myself. Whoops. I didn't know I was going to make such a good soup. So that was a fun win. (laughs) Number six, I took a big break from social media for a month. Um, right when my, my, oh my gosh, the caffeinated stuttering is getting me, (laughs) um, for a month, right when my baby was born. So for four weeks, 
I wasn't on there, especially because she came early and there was just a lot that I was recovering from and working with in my body and mind. So I knew, and I had planned ahead of time to take that social media break. And since being back on, I was looking through someone's Instagram and her baby actually passed away. It was a stillborn and there had been a placenta issue. Like the placenta had come all the way detached from the uterus. And I don't know if you guys know this, but, or if you heard this in my birth story episode, but I actually had a placenta detachment, but it was a partial detachment. And so though there was blood going into the uterine waters, I was able to rush to the hospital, have a C-section a couple hours, you know, within a couple hours and get the baby out. And she never, to our knowledge, lost any oxygen or anything she needed because she had access to the placenta. It just was partially ruptured and came off the uterine wall, which is really scary. But this happened completely for this baby and the baby was a stillborn. I was so shocked when I read that, because I kind of followed this mom's journey, it was a surrogacy too. So I couldn't imagine how the surrogate mom felt like devastated that she couldn't, you know, wasn't able to provide that baby to those people that had like, not just paid her and prayed on her and over her, but were so excited and invested in this child being born. I I just, that's gotta be complex. And so I was just shocked and I was renewed with gratitude. And I was also a little bit more careful of the things that I was consuming on social. It was a good gut check. Like, okay, if you're going to be on here, make sure you're, you're doing things during this delicate time that are uplifting and stuff. But I was able to send that mama some love before I kind of took a step back. If that mama happens to be on here and listening, she knows who she is. I just am sending you love. My heart broke right along with you and I'm just sending you love and prayers and I love how you've been handling it. I just, you're handling it beautifully. I wanted you to know. Number seven, I had my baby on a Wednesday and school got out for the summer two days later on a Friday. And I think that next day, Saturday, my kids came to the hospital and visited us and saw the baby. Their grandparents brought them. So we had a summer baby and all the kids have been home. It's uh, It's been really quite busy around my home. And one thing I wasn't expecting is I've had to grieve how unquiet and how un undisturbed my postpartum has been. I'm imagining and thinking back to the first couple of kids I had. And you know, with your first baby, you have zero other kids in the house. My husband was a full-time student. I had very quiet days and I could sleep anytime I wanted to, as long as the baby was taken care of and sleeping. And it's not been like that. Even during the times where I wasn't really getting as much sleep as I needed to be. And I was struggling to try to catch up. Um, even when we had help in town, when you have therapists in and out of your house or you've got kids that need to be places, there's this mental load. And I tried my best to share it with my husband. I've been really working on sharing the mental load with my husband of motherhood and delegating, you know, family scheduling and communicating and reaching out to people and and subscriptions and whatever. Like I've been really working on making sure he's taking his fair share and making sure that I'm putting, you know, him up to speed on things so that he can help me. But there are certain things that even when I do that, I still had a hard time relaxing because I just really wanted to make sure my kids got to those camps. And then a lot of the running around this summer has been done by our sweet babysitter. And, you know, she's 
17, six, she was 16. Now she turned 17. So she's, she's not maybe super experienced with all of the load of a four kid family. And so she's actually been doing awesome, but it took me a couple weeks to get in a groove with her and really see what I could really give her to handle and trust her all the way with some things between that. Like I said, and then people being in and out of the house. And even when you have people come to stay, you, you try not, you know, when you're postpartum, you try not to flip into hostess mode, but sometimes you can't help it. Especially we're living in my parents' house. We're renting from them. And so when they come visit, I, I want it to look nice. We both do my husband and I, and it's just, there were like extra stresses and I've had to grieve how, yeah, unquiet and undisturbed postpartum has been this time around with three other kids at home and all that comes with that, especially during the summer. But I will say that the joy people have been asking me, like, what's it been like, you know, with your fourth and especially with your history of mental health and what's it really been like? And by far, the thing that has blown me away the most is the joy of seeing them with her, my baby girl. They ask me to hold her and I don't often want to share her, LOL. (laughs) I don't know why I'm LOLing today, probably because I'm reading my notes, but watching them love on her. My daughter, this is so sacred. My daughter, she's seven and a half. And when she met her sister for the first time in the hospital, we were all just talking. It was her turn. We were passing her down from one kid to another. And my oldest held her first. And then my next one, which is my daughter. And it's her one sister. And she, you know, she has two brothers and now this is her sister, her baby sister. And we're all talking. And then all of a sudden she's crying and we're like, Rosalind, what's up? What's wrong? And we thought she was upset about, you know, not getting to hold her first or something. She's like, she's just finally here. It's my sister. Like she had this moment. She's seven and a half and she's like joyful crying, like happy cry, like moved to tears. I just was so touched by that. And I just think she opened up, this baby opened up a space inside the hearts of all of us. And it was just beautiful bonding. And if you want more babies and you can't have them or you're scared or you, it's been complicated, I just am sending so much love to you. And I believe that that same joy is available to you in other ways or that if it's meant to be, it will happen for you. And I just am sending love. Okay. So number eight, I didn't really tell anybody this because I don't know, I just was getting through it. But now that it's been eight weeks postpartum, it actually took me weeks to feel connected to her, my baby, and to enjoy her and feel like as intimately just in love with her and obsessed with her like I did with my other three. It took me a good two and a half, three plus three weeks before I really felt that. And I think what that was is because I was still coming out of the shock of the birth rigmarole and all the events that happened so fast. And I think I wasn't even fully in my body and it took me a a while to like land all the way back into my body. And, um, I think I'm there now, but yeah, something about that C-section scar, it just really was hard for me to feel it and come all the way down. And it's tricky because there's a whole strip of my abdominal portion of my outer skin of like my trunk of my body that is like down by my scar that is actually still numb. And it probably will be numb. People, she said it can be numb for up to five years or something. It's like insane. Whew. And then I also had like an itchy belly itchiness, um, that turned into like rash. Cause I kept itching myself raw from the stuff that they put on my belly when they did the hurry and did the surgery. So it's just, it's just insane, crazy. And, um, and it really rocked my connection with her. Somehow I just knew to trust that it would come. And I'm so grateful for that because it did come in pieces, but I had to grieve and be 
so patient, but I did grieve that it wasn't there. And I would see my mom or my husband holding her and just being like, oh, she's so beautiful. And I like didn't feel it to the extent that they did. Um, but it took little private moments with just me and her. And it really didn't start happening until I was getting more sleep. So that's just something, especially if you've had a C-section, sleep is imperative. And I'm going to say you need eight hours per 24 hours if you've had a C-section and probably preferably up to 12 hours per 24 hours. And I know that sounds impossible. It is if you're doing it all on your own, but if you have a team and you are surrounding yourself with people who can and are willing to help you, even if you need to pay them and hire them. I do it. I highly suggest it. It's called a night nurse or a night doula. Okay. That's look it up, but get yourself one. You can find them off of like, go to reputable sites. So look up like a night nursing agency. Um, but look up people. They have certifications in CPR. They're trustworthy people. They have experience with babies and feeding babies and you can rest easy knowing that they're you know, they're there. So one, a good one here in Arizona is Cherry Blossom Doula Services. If you're in the Phoenix area. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, number nine. So my body is just beginning to want to start stretching and playing and having sex and swimming. And I am like loving it. And also it's been strange coming out of a phase where all of that wasn't there. I was so focused on just coming back into my body and healing, like recovering from the physical jolt of having a a huge surgery without having planned on it, this big procedure that all of that stuff flew to the back burner and it wasn't even a thing. And so it's been cool this last, like, I would say 10 days, 12 days. Um, I've started wanting to do little bits of just some free stretching. I was going to say yoga, but it's nothing really. When you think of yoga, you think of like a routine, nothing like that, just intuitive stretching. It is yoga. It is yogic, but it's very intuitive. Just, Oh, like my legs just want to be, you know, I want to touch my toes today or try to, (laughs) Or I want to play and be playful. Like I've just started to have that energy back. And as they come up, I've noticed it's been tempting to ignore these, these impulses to stretch, play, have sex and swim, um, and to just do the dishes or keep watching my show a little bit longer and like numb it out. And I'm like, what's up with that? Do you guys catch yourself doing that ever? I haven't been like 99, 98% of the time. I haven't, I have definitely gotten into my body, stretched, played, had the sex, done the swimming, whatever it was. But, um, 
yeah, sometimes, or even going and laying on the grass or looking up at the stars. And it's just fascinating. There's always this part of my brain, and I think it's all of us that will want to cap it. It's going to want to cap your pleasure. And I don't just mean sexual pleasure. I mean the pleasure of going outside and having the wind on your face. You know, that like, I was going to say eroticism, but I don't mean, again, I'm not trying to be sexual. I'm like, what's the right word? Sensuality, like in your senses, sensual as in the true meaning of that word, like senses in your senses, all of the senses. It takes, I guess, a little bit of shifting and work to get, to let yourself receive all that pleasure. And there is a part of us that wants to kind of keep it at a humming minimum. And I don't know why I think there's familiarity maybe in like the monotony. Um, so it's so weird, even if you're not being able to enjoy and opening yourself to receiving any degree of pleasure, whether it's sipping orange juice or putting your feet up for a moment and reading a book, whatever it is, it's so strange how restricting ourselves from that is familiar. The only thing I can think about is maybe some purity culture when I, you know, growing up as a woman and in a really con- conservative Christian culture. And I know I'm not alone in this. And I, it's really important to me that nobody thinks I'm blaming my church or any churches. I just, it just is what it is. But I definitely received this messaging like sexual suppression, you know, and I didn't even have a word or a name for it. But my sexuality, I'm saddened that I didn't get to cultivate even a little bit of a relationship with it as I was growing up. It was something that was shoved into a deep, dark box in the corner of my psyche. And it was labeled like, don't touch this till you're married. And it's it's bad until it's good. And literally, that's like the only way we were taught to make it, quote, make it through, to obey the law of chastity and to like not have sex before marriage. And and I'm it's unfortunate, right? It's so unfortunate that I, we couldn't have been led through by love instead of fear. Very unfortunate. But I have a vision and a hope that that can change in the future. And I definitely want to change that when I teach my babies. Um, not that I'm perfect, but I'll try my best. But anyway, I wonder sometimes if that's an old muscle that's easy and familiar for me to go back to is just lock it down, like lock it down, put it away. You know, even like orgasm. I love, okay, let's talk about sexual, like climaxing, right? I love it so much. I'm not going to lie. I love it deeply. Why do I love it? Because it just tugs me and pulls me down into my body. And in my body is where I feel the most alive. It's where I feel the most trust. It's where I feel the most sensual, the most me. It clears out my mind and it renews me. It washes my mind like a tidal wave. I love it. And um, I need it. And I want it. And I deserve it. All of us do. And it's just fascinating how like coming back from, you know, throughout those six weeks, I mean, here or there, yes, but it's been really sparse. It's been just a lot of transitioning for both of us. Sexually, we've just been mostly having a pretty much, not a whole drought, but very chill because we've been just doing a lot, right? And so as we're getting back into the swing of those things, I've been grieving. I've been grieving the the loss of that rhythm and the way that that ten, tendency to shove my sexual desires and suppress them and put them back in a black box in the corner of my psyche like I said it's come up again because it's we're you know I'm having to ask my husband like for that and it's it's like uncomfortable and it feels vulnerable and it feels like it's been a while and I just it just I'm sad I've grieved that all the work that I did 
and all the momentum that I did. Cause I've worked in, I've worked <laughs> working, I've worked with a sex coach before and I absolutely loved that work. It was the most intimate self-relationship work ever and really, really, really did some work on shame. And, um, so that's been there since my, my teenage years. And I was able to release and let go of so many stories and my body responded accordingly in my sexual just capacities. And it's been amazing. And to feel like I took a few steps backwards, honestly, because postpartum, it's just been really hard. So that's something that I didn't even see coming that totally has happened. I guess that was kind of number 10 is the, just the grieving, the changes in our sexual rhythm as a couple. And man, that's been hard. Um, number 11. And I think I just have maybe like two more after that. Number 11 is now that I'm more in my body, my connection with my baby this time around is so much more full because over the last five and a half years, as I have learned about coaching and therapy and trauma, and as I've unburdened myself, the founder of internal family systems or parts therapy calls it unburdening yourself. And as I've released trauma and I've unburdened my body, I just feel so much more liberated. I feel so much more of who I am. And honestly, this is actually part of what has led me to question some of my beliefs is because I feel so free and I feel so full and so good. And I didn't for so long. And I was doing everything that I was taught to at church. It just kind of like raised some red flags. So it's been a really interesting journey and experience. Um, but now that I'm way more in my body, it's funny when I observe my baby girl, I, I like, I don't know, before when I lived more just in my head, Babies were like cute and I loved them, but they were kind of boring until a little bit older because they couldn't really do things that like made my head happy. I don't know how to explain it, but I see her and I watch her in her body and it thrills me because I have such a new love and a deep relationship with my body, such a deep relationship. I'm so in my body. I'm so alive. I'm so in all of my senses. It thrills me to watch her explore hers. Like it makes me emotional. Oh, the way her physical pain cries are different from her emotional cries. And I, I connect with her so much more in my body. I'm just so much more available all around as a human being because of the work I've done of releasing pain and memories and trauma in my body. And I'm grateful to all of the providers that have seen me over the last five and a half years and all the coaches and all the therapists. And I'm grateful if there is a savior and his name is Jesus. And it's true that he performed the atonement that I'm grateful to him too. Um, how, however it all works. Okay. This might be my final one. Um, nope, there's two more. Okay. So my dog, I have mom, dog, dog, mom guilt, <laughs> the worst it's summer. He's gained some weight and you know, I'm, I'm going to actually turn that one. That's like a random one. Let me go to the next one, but that kind of counts too, but I've lost track. Maybe we're on like 12 or 13, but I have to say that it's been the hardest that it's ever been to love myself um, during this postpartum with a couple different aspects. So I've noticed, and I'll give you some details, but I've noticed that it's usually, tell me if this is true for you, but I feel like it's usually when we're struggling with something that we've never struggled with before, a new struggle. And not only have we never struggled with it, but we were sure or positive that we never would struggle with it. It was always like a strength before. And now it's a total blaring weakness, like your protection in that area and your strength got ripped away. Um, yeah, 
it's like the hardest thing to love ourselves because we grapple. We grapple with the fact our ego is like, no, I don't identify as somebody who struggles with this. Example, if you were happy your whole life, like always that happy girl, always makes people happy, always has energy to give, 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 and you form an identity around that and it's your personality and it's just who you are and how you are and everybody knows you for being that person. Then you get postpartum and you're super depressive and you have nothing nice to say to anyone. And in fact, the narrative in your mind is bitchy all the time. And you're just criticizing everyone, including yourself. And you're in a deep, dark place. It is almost unfathomable how hard it is to love yourself in that place when there's such a contrast and a juxtaposition between who you were before and who you are now. And yet I believe that that is the exact purpose of something like depression. Or if you've always been a calm person and then you have kids and now you're anxious all the time, same thing. It's going to take the fight of your lifetime to love yourself again. And people get so focused on fixing the depression and fixing the anxiety. They don't even realize that the whole way you fix it is healing it with your own love to yourself. I'm dead serious. I have all the tools, but the clients who cannot love themselves and who cry because they're they're mad and they they feel like they've done something wrong. And I'm not saying that's I'm not criticizing them for that, but if you cannot get into a place of acceptance towards yourself where you're at, no amount of therapy or coaching tools will do it for you. Promise. So the best example I can think of is it's kind of like when your body gets a virus, it's never seen. It may take longer to fight it, right? And longer to detect it. And emotionally, this is the same thing postpartum. The, the more you identify it as a happy person, the harder it is to love yourself in depression. And I happen to identify as like a pretty fit, skinny, like in shape. I don't like the word skinny, but in shape mom. Okay. Like lean. And right now I am bigger than I've ever been like curvier, squishier, cottage, cheesy legs, like way different, way different than I've ever, ever been. When I smile, I look like a chipmunk with my cheeks. These are some thoughts I have. And it's, it's so hard for me sometimes to love myself and I notice it and I feel the disgust or the criticism. And then I just put it down. I don't have the ability to turn it into love yet. I'm just trying to neutralize it. I drop that mic. I put that voice down in my head and I just like move on. That's kind of where I'm at with it right now. But I just want to ask you, like, what is your area that's been hard for you to love yourself in? Because I promise you, it is that area that when you figure out how to love yourself in that area, your whole life will change. You will become somebody else. And I believe that's why we have these deep, 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 hard things and struggles. It's all about love. It's about finding new levels of love. It's an it's it's a request from the universe for you to upgrade your ability to love yourself. And I promise you that is my actual number one skill as a life coach. And it's a skill that I'm refining as a human as well, which is loving yourself. And now I feel like this is a good time to transition to telling you about Marco Polo support groups, postpartum support groups for moms. Let's do it. The truth is that I want some companionship and I enjoy meeting moms and becoming friends with them through the modality or method or whatever of my business. So that's one of my honest to goodness reasons for wanting to invite you to come be part of a paid postpartum support group. The reason I want to have it paid is because I want people to feel like they can take up space. They can ask questions. They can ask a lot of questions. They can cry a lot if they need to. And sometimes when things are free, 
you can't, you know how you talk yourself out of like, oh, I've already talked a lot or I feel bad. And even sometimes when we've paid, we do that. So I want to have it paid so that people really feel at ease. They feel like they deserve to be there. It just helps in the energetic exchange of taking up space and getting what you came for. I'm thinking $44 for a month and I want to have our group commit for three months. So I'm not really going to call this enrolling because it's not super organized and official, but I've just been contemplating ways that I can meet you guys, love on you, coach you, mentor you. It's not all coaching. A lot of it is like, all right, so when I had my third baby, this is what happened and here's what I did and you know, take it or leave it. Maybe that'll help you. Um, so if that sounds good to you, what we're going to do is I'm just going to have... 10 women or less per group. And who knows, maybe just 10 of you guys will come or maybe a lot more of you. I don't know. But, um, if you want to be in, Oh, first of all, if you don't know what Marco Polo is, Marco Polo is a video communication. It's, it's basically leaving video voice, you know, like a voice recording or a voicemail that you leave for people. It's like video mail. Um, but the fun part is when people get on at the same time that you're on, that's also kind of fun because you can react in real time to what they're saying, or you can leave reactions for them to check when they check your reactions that you left to their message. Um, so hopefully you know what it is, but if not, it's very easy and chill. You just download it. It's a little beach ball as the logo. I'll put the link in the show notes. So there would be 10 of us. And the reason I love Marco Polo for exploring, you know, all of the highs and lows of postpartum is just because it's so intimate and you get so much. It really is, as far as social media goes, it is, in my experience, the most like being in real life that I have been able to find. It just makes you feel like you're literally talking to a friend because you can see their whole face, you know? And if you're nursing a baby and you don't want to be on camera, there is a voice only function and it'll show a picture of you and it'll just be your voice talking. So that's cool too. But, um, Yeah. And what I want to do in these groups is number one, I want to come there and I want to rest in the space of mothers. It's funny. My business owner brain is like, you need to find more friends in your real life and stop trying to find friends through your business. And I'm like, um, that's rude. Cause some of my very favorite people are people who find me through this body of work. And I think honestly, it's because I've really worked over the last few years to be real with you guys and to be authentic. And hey, if the algorithm of the universe, (laughs) the algorithm of the universe of the heavens is going to somehow bring people, you know, this way and they happen to, like for me, it doesn't even feel like you're paying me. It feels like, I don't know, it almost feels like the money is being put in some big pot of wellness for women, <laughs> right? Cause when I get paid, it just allows me to sit here and think of more good stuff to give back to you. It's like, and then, and then you take that and you tell a friend or you come back and pay me or, or you go hire somebody else and, and then they give to you. It's like, are we really ever losing money? I mean, we're always just gaining something with a financial exchange. So anyway, I think it will be amazing and I'm going to put, um, the page. So basically I want to make sure I have your email when you sign up or when you're interested in signing up. So what I'm going to do is I've created a new page on my website. It's just a freebie, um, for signing up for the Marco Polo group. And so you'll put your email in there and then I will shoot you an automated, automated email with the link to come join and get everything squared away. 
Okay. It's not super organized. I'm going to be honest with you. So if it's not even exactly how I just described it, just be patient with me, but reach out to me, let me know you want in and I will get you taken care of. You guys are always so good and kind and patient with me. I love you. Thank you so much. Seriously, my clients and the people who become my clients and the people who were my clients, they're some of the best people. Salt of the earth, I tell you. The last thing I wanted to share, I feel like this is a really long episode, but hopefully you're enjoying it, is that the final thing that's been like probably the number one hardest um, is my husband and I, I feel like we just keep missing each other. Like we're, you know, so kind of devoted, I guess, to this little family we've created, but we're in a phase where the sum of all of the parts is taking a lot. It needs a lot from us. And we are the glue that holds this family together in very real ways. And so it's important that we show up for our kids at this time of big transition. And it's important that we also are showing up for each of ourselves individually. And so much energy is going to those two categories that the couple, the unit of the marriage has been feeling just like harder to catch each other. But what really helped is when my husband went on his trip and he came back, it was sort of this reset. He brought all this fresh energy with him and I made sure I took myself out to a movie. (laughs) That's actually why this podcast episode didn't get out. I was going to do this as a bonus episode and release it earlier, but I needed a couple nights to recover from four days of being on my own with no babysitter, no husband to help. And so, um, anyway, yeah, that, really was helpful. I'm like, guys, when you're in a rut, I know thought work is great. You know, all the stuff I teach is so good and just freaking take a trip, go on a vacation. (laughs) Okay. I hope that helps you guys just feel like you can get to know me and feel where I'm at. I honestly do just want to do some of these support groups and be friends with you and work closer with you guys and I hope that it will feel like a sisterhood. So please do email me, lizzie at lizzielangston.com. Make sure that I get your email address and I will get you the link to come into our group and you can Venmo me or whatever. We'll get payment made and you can be in the group and be in the Marco Polo and have a support group. And it really is open for all stages of postpartum. Even those of you that really listen to this and you love this podcast, but you don't really feel like you're postpartum anymore, but you want to be in a group of women who are working on themselves and you're cool with big emotions and everything I teach is something you gravitate towards, then you're in, baby. You're invited. Please don't get in your head and be like, well, I'm not postpartum exactly. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because to me, postpartum is after you have a baby, period. After you become a mother, period. Matrescence lasts for like the rest of your life. It's crazy. So yeah. All right. Check the show notes for all the links you need and we'll see you guys right here next week. Thanks for listening. Leave me a review. Oh my gosh, please do it. Leave me a written review. I've noticed you guys have really been stepping up. I haven't seen as many written reviews, but I've seen the number of star reviews has doubled. It was like 49 and now it's like 91. So I so appreciate you guys. I noticed that and I really, really, really appreciate it. Thank you. And if you have some time and space, leaving me some words are so fun to read on the podcast when you leave them. Okay. Talk to you next week, ladies. Bye-bye. Hey, Lizzie here. I've helped dozens of postpartum moms just like you to manage their postpartum anxiety and deconstruct their postpartum depression. It's really easy for me. So if you're ready to feel better, I know the way. Let's chat on the phone. Set up a time by going to lizzielangston.com forward slash consult. 
pretty simple and I will be calling you soon. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.